0: Welcome to the 15-Minute Juice, where we discuss physical therapy, rehabilitation, return to sport after injury, training, and all things fitness, while also answering burning daily questions, broach the juiciest weekly topics, and educate the masses on the proper algorithm for optimizing their lifestyle. It's fast, it's concise, it's informative, it's juicy. Buy Optimizers Masszymes, 100% plant-based, naturally-derived, best digestive enzyme blend out there right now. Highly concentrated with enzymes that digest proteins, starches, sugars, fibers, and fats. Helps to relieve indigestion, gas, bloating, and fatigue after meals. Take it with the meals to enhance the digestion and nutrient absorption also helps to improve recovery after hard exercise and hard efforts. So go to buyoptimizers.com and use code juicy for 10% off.
1: All right, recording in progress. Good. All right. So uh, welcome to another episode of the 15 minute juice. Uh, it's our 15 minutes of, um, you know, basically breaking down some questions that we get from the ACL page, sometimes the parents of the ACL page. Uh, it's usually Mike and I going at it today. And, it, and this is pretty cool because on my side here, I can only see Mike. So they can't, if they're going to watch this on YouTube, they can't actually see who the, the guest that we're having on yet is until he actually starts talking. So this is actually pretty cool. Um, so anyway, there was a, a question the other day a woman had asked um, about uh, BFR. And I thought, who better than to bring on than where you learned BFR and how we actually met this gentleman here. His name is Dr. Trent Nestler. Trent, welcome, my man. Thanks Thank you. again for your time. Yeah,
2: yeah thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. So um, <clears throat> the, yeah, this is, this is pretty cool. So you're getting engaging on the page now too and yep. and, and you're um, you're responding to these these parents and and this is great because now we're getting, you know it's it's Mike doing it, it's me doing it. it's now you doing it. And we're all speaking the same language, so it makes a whole lot of sense. But I don't have enough uh, background on the BFR. I know Mike is sure. taking a course. he's using it with his patients and things like that. But I wanted you to kind of come on and, and, and break it down for us and tell us a lot more about BFR. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, first of all, it's a game changer. Um, you know, in, in 25 years of clinical practice, there's very few things that I've come across um, that I would consider to be game changers. And, and BFR is definitely one of those. Um, you know, I, I've, I've always said that it's a game changer from what I see with patients um as an athlete myself uh, and after coming off a pretty serious knee injury um and implementing uh, bfr very early in my rehab process i could not believe what a difference it made you know so for those that don't know um bfr blood flow restriction training um is a fairly new concept in the pt world uh, unfortunately it's been around since the 60s uh so it's really not that new um, uh, basically what you do is you place a cuff around, uh, the extremity arms or legs. There's only four locations that you place it, you cinch it up. And because, uh, arteries have, ve- uh, arteries have muscle veins do not, the vein actually collapses. The artery does not. So the muscle will get blood into it, but the blood is not leaving the muscle. So what's happening is you do a very low load. So typically around 30% of one rep max you're doing these very low loads and the muscle is becoming, becoming engorged with blood. Well, eventually the muscle fills up with blood. It cannot uh, uh, take any more blood, but you're still exercising. So as you're exercising, you're pulling oxygen off of that blood that's there and that's available. But eventually as you continue to continue to exercise with this low load, You deplete all of the oxygen. So what happens then is you're still exercising. So the muscle starts to recruit more motor units. And this is is what I call the localized effect of BFR. The localized effect is you can recruit the entirety of a muscle much faster than what you could do traditionally in the rehab process. So one of the things that we really struggle with after an ACL reconstruction is recruiting of the full quad. Specifically, the distal portion or the VMO kind of areas of the quad. So, what this allows us to do is train at those low loads that you would be training at in the rehab early rehab process, and allow you to recruit the entire muscle that you would normally rec- that would normally in order to get that level of recruitment, you would have to be training at a much higher volume or at a much higher resistance. So, in the early phases of rehab. It allows you to really recruit that entire muscle. But then as you continue to work on, continue to exercise with this BFR on, this cuff on, you then start to go into what is called the systemic effect. And that is um, what happens is that you stimulate uh, the pituitary gland to release what is called growth hormone um, and what is called IGF-1, insulin growth factor 1. So the release of two of those things, the growth hormone uh, uh, obviously helps in the muscle repair process. Um, It helps in muscle growth. Um, At the same time with the IGF-1, the IGF-1 also helps with bone growth, but also with muscle growth. So the beauty of that is, is that the concentration levels of growth hormone release that are seen with BFR training is similar to what you would get with high levels or high intensity resistance training. So 85 85%, one rep max types of training. Also the same levels that you might see with low uh, steroid use. So the amount of growth hormone that is being released, the concentrations of it is extremely high. It's actually measurable uh, via blood tests. Um, The IGF-1, the beauty of the IGF-1, especially for your uh, ACL reconstructions, is uh, studies are starting to show that because IGF-1 impacts the bone, is that those bony plugs are starting to heal faster. So from from an ACL perspective, you're getting multiple things. One, you're getting faster quad recruitment bigger quad uh, recruitment, which has been shown in all the studies, the faster you get your quad to recruit after an ECL reconstruction, the better your outcome is going to be at the end phase. Number two, you're getting this growth hormone release. The growth hormone release is going to help the reparative process much faster. So the the tissues are going to repair faster. The surgical tissues are going to repair faster. The recovery process is going to be faster, et cetera. Then you also get this IGF one that's released, which is going to really help that bony plug uh, uh, repair. It's going to help it. Uh, uh, in, it's going to help it to be taken up faster. So it means that you're going to have a stronger graft earlier, and you're also getting IGF one, which also helps with the soft tissue healing. So huge benefits to, um, wow. you know, yeah. to, to, to BFR, you know, um, and related to BFR, related to quad recruitment, studies show that the faster you get your quads to recruit, the less kinesiophobia you have, which is that fear of movement, which happens mm-hmm. after a lot of our athletes have an ACL reconstruction. Um, in addition to that, uh, there's also studies out there that show you the faster you get that quad to recruit. Um, the more frontal plane control of your knee that you have, which means that your knee is not going to fall into that, that what we call a dynamic valgus, which is that position that puts a lot of stress on that graft. So tons of benefits to BFR, you know. Um,
1: How about prior to the, the surgery? I've heard about that. Mike's been doing that. Absolutely. <clears throat> so what is, the, what is the, the, the concept there? What is the, what is the thinking well, there?
2: Yeah, you know, so as soon as you have the injury, your quad starts to shut down as soon as you start to have swelling, your quad shuts down. So, so, you know, by, by using BFR, you're maintaining the strength of that quad, you're maintaining the strength there. At the same time, you know, there's also tissue damage after an injury. So you're flooding the system with growth hormone, you're flooding the system with IGF-1, which is going to help in the reparative process. So the more repair you can do, the more healing you can do on the front end, the better it's going to impact you on the back end and studies show the more quad recruitment you get before surgery, the better off you're going to be
1: when you go into surgery. Wow. And yeah. so then if they're, if there's swelling there at the knee, are you going to do the BFR right then?
2: You know, it's funny no, because, because, you know, I've had physicians tell me, you know, you really shouldn't start BFR until after the swelling goes away. Okay. So, so if my patient has swelling up to 12 months after an ACL reconstruction, I should really never do uh, BFR <laughs> BS. What we know is that your quad uh, the contraction of your quad helps to pump out that inflammation of the knee. Because Ah. the quad is the contraction of the quad itself, the movement of the knee itself helps to pump out that fluid of the knee. What we know is that if you have a knee that stays uh, stays immobile, it will swell. Okay, so that's part of the reason we put somebody on a bike. We put somebody on a bike. In the initial phase is to get your knee moving, because we know that if you can move your knee, it's actually going to help in the swelling process. It's going to help to pump out that swelling. If I can get your quad to contract, if I can get your hamstrings to contract around that, that's also going to help to pump out that knee. So in my mind, my mind is the faster I can get your quad contracting, the better it's going to help from an inflammation control perspective.
1: Gotcha. Are you there, Mike?
0: Yeah, I'm here.
1: Okay. <laughs> Well, because I um, can't see your face, or right? I didn't know yeah. I, I was still on the show here, so I know I'm sure you're loaded with questions too.
0: I mean, really, you know, I think the the challenge um, and most parents are going to ask is obviously it sounds scary, so I explain to them it's not a tourniquet. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I start, you know, we use the rock cuffs because that's what I yeah. learned on the trench yeah. course. I like them because you could go anywhere with them, and we could mm-hmm. do anything. And I really start with just, you know, one full turn just so they get used to it and see how they feel. Um, And I had them start doing just really, you know, the open chain exercises leg raises, you know, um, maybe just some bridges and then even just something simple. A lot of these kids have never moved before um, in terms of understanding like, you know, functional movement, Mm -hmm. organized, you know, movement. So uh, they've never done 75 reps of anything. So
2: right, right.
0: while we're teaching them how to control, you know, their pelvis and their core in a split stance, in a half kneel, whatever's appropriate at a time, depending on meniscus or whatnot, even single leg, I have the strap on there and I just monitor how they're feeling, eventually trying to get up to two full turns. So yeah. that'll be like a 52. And I have it on them for about five minutes at a time. Yeah. Then I take it off, let them rest for a little bit. And we do that. Until they get to the point where, okay, you're demonstrating like good squat mechanics, you're demonstrating like, you know, good split lunge. Then we start going to the true BFR regiment where it's like 30, 15, yep. 15, but even without the BFR, a lot of them at two sets of like 10 are shaking. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I try to implement the BFR early while they're learning and just get, it's like more bang for your buck. We're doing the exercise anyway, yep. so just put the BFR on. And then we'll eventually get to that regimen and then we start really challenging, but they're not, a lot of them aren't able to get to that true 75 rep until a couple months in or even more because they just have never, it takes a while for them to learn. Plus if they're doing their stuff at home, you know.
2: You know, and too, you know, I, I, uh, you know, part of the population I'm dealing with, I deal with a lot of wrestlers, I deal with a lot of mixed martial arts. And so, you know, the other beauty of BFR, I use it a ton for cardio. Um, mm-hmm. Because you still get the systemic effect, so you still get that growth hormone, that IGF one. Um, I didn't talk about myostatin uh, suppression, but it, it it suppresses myostatin, which again helps in the healing process. Um, but the other thing that it does is uh, you can use BFR uh, while doing cardio, and it will actually help to improve your VO two max. So for wow. a lot of a lot of my a lot of my fighters, a lot of my mixed martial artists, jujitsu guys, wrestlers who have to have a good fuel tank, one of the things that, you know, is always a huge challenge is going from rehab back onto the mats. Yeah. And, you know, because your gas tank is just gas. So what I found is that by using a cardiovascular uh, protocol with them throughout their entire rehab process, it's a sprinting protocol I do. What I found is that when people go back to the mat, they're actually doing well. Like they're not gassed. You know, so our rounds—just to give your viewers an example—a typical round is anywhere from five to eight minutes long. Wow! And so, so that's a—that's a long head.
1: time. Yeah. Try to do that for a minute,
2: right? And you get you get exhausted. So, so what I found is that by doing that cardiovascular uh, protocol with them. Is that when they're coming back to the mats, they're actually able to do a five minute round, they're actually able to do an eight minute round and not be completely gassed. So
1: they haven't they haven't lost the full tank there Mm -hmm. and and they're able to to maintain it. Wow. Wow. Able to
2: maintain it. You know, and so for your triathletes, for your soccer players, you know, those that have to have a good gas tank, you know, you can actually use BFR in that perspective as well. And the beauty of it is, is you can do it on the on the recumbent bike you know so when i i i was playing i was using an n of one so i was using myself as a as a test subject um but i was i was doing it uh you know for a good 30 to 40 minute biking cycle i would do five minutes on five minutes off five minutes on five minutes off using that sequence and what i found is that my vo2 max was actually improving
1: that's incredible. while i'm in rehab that's figure, incredible right, right. how do, what how does it work like for someone, if they want to do improved size, can I, if I wanted to, if I wanted bigger biceps, bigger quads, can I just. Yep. Some-
2: yeah. Matter of fact, now, um, Mike, I've actually added to my course um, a couple of uh, case studies. And I've got one guy who was a Russian. He, he was actually on the, the Olympic team for the Russian powerlifting team. Okay. Um, he's one of our second degree black belts uh, in jiu-jitsu. Just a huge, massive guy. Yeah. And and what he's done is he's actually added BFR to his lifting routine. Number one, because he was he was doing such heavy lifts that it was, you know, he's getting a little bit older, it was making his joints sore. So yeah. now he's yeah. able to still lift, still Not feel, as much weight, still feels like he gets that pump, but his joints aren't as painful. Number one. Yeah. And number two, one of the things that he said that he's felt the biggest difference in. Um, is his lactic acid, uh, uh, his lactic acid tolerance. So for, for, for those of us that weightlift and we go into wrestling or jujitsu, because it is, because it is such long rounds, you, you gas out because especially if you have a lot of muscle mass, So your lactic acid threshold is low. And so one of the things that he's found is that it's actually built up his lactic acid threshold where he's able to go into a full eight minute round and not be, not have his arms be completely gassed or his legs completely gassed. So to answer your question, yeah, you can absolutely use it for performance enhancement. You can use it for strength gains. You can use it for muscle gains. You can use it. I use it a lot for injury prevention for my mixed martial artists. I have them do it at the end of their routine. So it helps them to build that fatigue tolerance uh, in the later phases and working on that motor control in those later phases. Yeah. So I mean there's there's so I hear you guys
1: talking. Yeah. I hear you guys talking about 36 and 52. And 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 are you able to like do this on your? I mean, obviously you got to go through a course, and 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 that's where you probably learn more about this, but. Am I saying the numbers right? 36? and Yeah. So what does that mean?
2: Yeah. So, so the, the protocol, there's a couple of protocols. One is you do 30 reps, 30 second rest, 15 reps, 30 second rest, 15 reps, 30 second rest, 15 reps, release the pressure. That's 75 reps total for one set. Now what I typically do is I do 30, 30, 30. So I'll do 30 reps, 30 second rest, 30 reps, 30 second rest, 30 reps, release the pressure the reason I typically do 30, 30, 30 is it will allow me to do an entire leg routine. Um, three different exercises do the same number of reps and completely gas them out. And I can literally be done with their leg routine in five minutes and their legs are cached.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 I mean, when we're building out the movements in there, so stay it is squats, you know, they warm up with some of the stuff. I usually have them do five minutes with the BFR as a warm-up. Lately I've been doing a quick board routine as a warm-up, like before oh, yeah. and at <laughs> the end of each. Yeah, but I haven't put that's the BFR brutal. on with yeah. the quick board yet, though. Oh, dude, oh, that's, that, gonna, oh, be, that was, that's so.
2: gonna that's gonna be brutal. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's, that's awesome. gonna be
2: brutal. Well, you know, and the in the beauty of that is is you build up you build up those motor patterns for when they're for tired. Yeah. You know, right. and, and, you know, taking something like the quick board, you're going to build that speed and agility yeah. in those fatigue States. I mean, that's, that's huge.
1: Now, a lot of that and that's where we go back to with. that resisting fatigue. Right. I mean,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them are still working with one strap on the, on the sure. thigh. Some of them are getting up to two straps. Yeah. Um, I haven't used much of the arms yet for you know a lot of them. Sometimes I'll play around with it. it depends, especially if I have a couple of kids in at yeah. the same time. They're all using BFR. Yeah. You know, um, the straps get a lot of use, but I you know I try to optimize that. But I will do that as the burnout at the end. If we do squats, we do some of the build up to that, and then they finish with the BFR routine, the body weight. I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of them are really sore after, you know, and uh, again, you know, you only have so much time within the sessions, so they're trying to yep. optimize, but I think yep. if they could get some more time in at later stage or some cardio with that on, I'd love to do that. Rower or, you know, Joe and yeah. I love using the assault bike, yeah. you know, yeah. 30 seconds on, yeah. 30 seconds off. Yep. Yeah,
2: absolutely. You know, and in, in, in quite honestly, and Mike and I know you and I are in the same boat, you know, I think historically as physical therapists, we have been afraid to push our patients, we've been afraid to push the barrier, you know, and I came from a strength and conditioning background. That was what you always did. Like you, yeah. you, you push the barrier, you know, and I think so many times, you know, therapists, they think, wow, it's, it's an injured tissue, blah, blah, blah. It, I, yes, absolutely. But you can still push that. You still can push them within, within reason, as long as you apply your clinical reasoning to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing too. You know, again, the kids come in and they say they do three hour practices. So, you know, the parents get it. I have a lot more mm. parents that are understanding it. You're going to do a three hour practice, but you can't do 75 reps of an exercise. Right. I mean, come on, think about how right. many repetitions of that single right. leg hopping you're doing up and down a field and you're not even doing it right Right. You no, know, And that's why the ACL, you know, tore in the first place because you don't know how to move. Right. And then, you know, I find it interesting, you know, we get on to that and to other Uh, podcast episodes are talking about the dehydration factor and other things that go into it but a lot of it is they just don't have the endurance in these shapes and positions and you can clearly see it when you challenge them you know that their legs are shaking they're getting tremors because they never had to withstand these positions because they're kind of compensating over those getting those little loopholes over that position where they're not stable and then now you're really plugging in to where those weak links are and a lot of them have never been pushed like this before you know and so it is
2: And as you alluded to, and one of the things I try to make abundantly clear is the importance of nutrition and hydration, especially when you're using BFR, you know, you, you can, you can go half, half ass. And I apologize for using that term. but You can go half ass and only do the BFR, or if you're going to do it, you might as well maximize your results. If you optimize your nutrition, optimize your hydration, you are going to maximize your results. And I see significant differences between those that don't do that and those that do that. And I'm talking like a two to three week difference And two to three weeks is huge on the rehab.
1: Absolutely. Side. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when these kids are chomping at the bit at the yeah. nine and 10 right. month mark. Right. right. I mean, it would make maybe more sense at the 11 month mark. If you've done pre-surgery BFR, yep. you've come post-surgery BFR, yep. you've done the, you know, the testing you've done the, you know, um, the pre-fatiguing of them. Yep. If you've done this thing all the way through and you've kept up your nutrition, of course you're you're ahead of the game. Yep. That's the point and what I've tried to make about the when you had these parents try to compare them. Well, you know, so-and-so is a professional athlete and they got back in nine months. Yeah, well, so-and-so, A, probably shouldn't be back in nine right. months, A, and then B, they have all the other things that we just, we just talked about. Right. They're getting rehab two disposal. times a day.
2: Yep. They're getting BFR multiple times a day. They have someone who's working on their nutrition. They have sponsors who are providing them all the optimal amounts of hydration and tools that you can use that. And they, they've got a game ready at home. They've got a Normatex compression system at home. Yeah. Like they got, they have everything that you need from a, to, to accelerate the process they have. And they right. have it multiple times a day. Right. Yeah,
0: this is why these these mini segments are important because parents and and the athletes and and the the entire society is completely just remiss about how much of a gap there is between where we're at with where our adolescents are versus the demands of organized sports and you see that massive gap we're just trying to get kids to sign up for our online app program to make sure that they're doing their exercises at home right we got to fight with half of them just to practice 20 minutes of movement now you want to talk about the nutrition and and the hydration all that like there's a huge uphill battle here but parents are still shaking their heads as to how could this happen to my son or daughter and i'm saying the answer's right in front of you you right. just have to make the commitment. You don't want to spend right. $300 on a proper nutrition consultation with someone who knows what they're doing, not an Instagram influencer trying to sell you right. products. Someone who's actually educated, but you're going to spend $300 on Nike cleats, which are probably garbage anyway, because right. Nike's been making really bad <laughs> options for soccer <laughs> cleats lately. We had podcast episodes on that, but it's just what people want to pay for what they want, not what they need. And we need to change that
1: mindset. You know, I
2: could not agree more.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I honestly think that we should probably come close to ending it on that yep. note because there are so many things that I still want to bring you on for. And and this is a part of what this is about is these smaller segments. And I just wanted the parents to have a better idea of, of what BFR is. And we yep. keep saying that, by the way. And I don't know if you did mention, I'm sure yeah. you probably did. Blood flow restriction training. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And um, Trent, where can they find you?
2: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at BJJPT underscore ACL guy. Uh, I'm also on the ACL return to sport uh, Facebook page that you guys have.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And Mike, uh, listen, I will be talking to you later in the week. Uh, we have a few more questions that we want to get answered, but we're definitely going to have Trent back on again. Thank you, sir, for your time. Thanks, guys. I know it's, uh, it's, it's always appreciated on our end. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Mike, you'd like the backdrop?
0: Yeah, that's a great poster. I'll get a cool poster for the next one.
1: (laughs) Yo, guys, enjoy your weekend. Happy New Year. Happy Happy New Year. Year. See you. All right. right. Talk Talk to you soon. Bye.